Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today we have with us Joel Philhours with Focal Point Business Coaching of the Mid-South. Welcome, Joel. Hey, Lee. It's great to be with you, buddy. How you doing? I am doing well. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about your practice. How are you serving folks? I serve folks uh, using uh, some 40-plus years of corporate experience, um, had an accounting background, uh, passed the CPA exam, went and got an MBA, moved up through the finance organization of companies uh, international as big as $60 billion and family businesses as small as uh, $75 million in revenue. But recently, I, um, I got involved in business coaching. I, I retired from the corporate world, really looked around to see what I enjoyed most of those 40 plus years of uh, working for others and decided I wanted to be a coach. Um, and what I do as a coach, Lee, is I, is I help people solve their problems. I help them reach their goals, um, teach them all about business, all about the softer side of uh, managing people communication, just the, the whole gambit of just trying to make things smooth um, and where they can get their life back if they're working too many hours. So now when you're making that transition from being kind of a practitioner of business to coaching people about business, coaching to me seems more like asking questions and helping the person kind of self-discover the path where uh, a lot of people before they start coaching, are doing some of the actual work. They're doing more what would be considered maybe consulting, where they're kind of rolling up their sleeves and and digging in there and and doing some of the work themselves. How was that transition for you from being a person that does a lot of work to somebody who is now showing other people, you know, kind of how to fish? Yeah, that's a real good point, and that is one of the uh, the biggest changes that I had to make, as a matter of fact, I had uh, uh, breakfast, excuse me, with my son-in-law this morning. He owns two or three businesses, and uh, I even made that comment to him. Uh, being a problem solver uh, and, and then becoming a, a coach, meaning I'm trying to get them to learn how to solve problems, it's really tough for me to bite my tongue. Uh, to not just say, no, that's not going to work. Let's do this kind of thing. So that that's kind of a, a, a behavioral change that we as coaches need to make. But the, the value of us being in their shoes as someone who performed the various tasks of a business or that, you know, making strategic decisions like a business owner would do is, is we've been in that role. It, it's like in sports. If, if you have a coach or a manager that was a baseball player, um, chances are he understands the game pretty well from an application standpoint. What that manager has to do is become more of a, uh, a person that develops others into being good ball players, into understanding the game. So that's what I do. 
I'm in a position to try to herd this person, allowing them to make the decisions, to come up with the ideas, but keep them from falling off the cliff. We're not going to let somebody do something silly. We may uh, allow certain things to happen as a, uh, a means of trying out, so to speak, a new way. But we're there to, we're the safety net. We're there to develop and, uh, and teach. So now you mentioned in your career, you were, you were working with fairly large enterprises. Um, as your work uh, with your clients, are they all at that same level or are you working with kind of smaller entities now? Smaller entities now. Uh, it, it's, it's funny. From the standpoint of, um, of business processes, uh, accounting processes, the culture, the motivation and such. It's its the same, really, between a smaller organization and a, a 60 somewhat billion dollar company that has operations all over the world. Um, the, the numbers are certainly smaller, uh, both in dollars and in transactions. Uh, if you're part of a smaller community, you don't have the cultural challenges that a big company has, but it, the business challenges are amazingly similar. You may serve a different group of stakeholders. A privately owned business is not going to have necessarily a board or stockholders or what have you, but the day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year type of challenges are going to be very similar between a small business and a very large business. But don't you find that kind of the mindset of a person running a small business versus maybe somebody that's a leader in a larger business, the stakes are higher for the small business because the business is reliant on them. Like they they can't afford big mistakes where if you're a cog in a machine of a larger entity, you might get fired or it may not work out for you, you may not get promoted, but the company's typically not going under because of a mistake. You know, that, that's, that's a good point. The, the risks or, or the cost of an error, the cost of a mistake can be uh, devastating. And that is one of the things that we try to coach into a small business owner is to make sure that he or she doesn't do everything, doesn't make every decision, that they have others in the organization that are um, smart that that have had experience and uh, have been exposed to the various principles that we coach. Um, it's great to have someone in the organization that you can run ideas by. Uh, you know, I look back over my career, and there seemed to be always someone uh, that I worked with on my team that I trusted, that I knew I could go to, and and. And, and discuss an idea, you know, sometimes they would provide me the last 15% of something, or we would create synergy and come up with even better ideas. So though the, the decisions and ideas that a smaller business may come together, I think that risk gets mitigated by having others that can help people that you trust, people that are competent, getting the right people in there and getting the experience that you need to help create synergies, even in a small company. Now, you make a great point. Um, In a lot of folks, for a lot of folks, coaching, business coaching is a new thing. Um, But it's been going around, been, been around maybe and not called coaching, but like you said, maybe it's called advice or mentoring. 
or uh, some other name in a more informal manner. Uh, but now that uh, coaching is becoming a more accepted kind of practice and, and less of a nice to have and more of a must have for leaders, especially, um, right. are you seeing that that's being the case and that folks are becoming more open to the concept, um, even, you know, even at the enterprise level? Previously, only a handful of people typically had access to a business coach. Maybe it was the highest level leader or maybe it was something in, you know, you were trying to fix a problem. So you were saying, hey, you need a coach to solve this. Um, but now are you seeing it permeate uh, kind of deeper into the business? Well, I am seeing people uh, better understand what a business coach is, though there there are still a lot of folks that think that business coaching and business consulting are are the same thing. And um, I after I retired last fall from the corporate world, I really didn't know what I was going to do. And, uh, and I always thought that I might do consulting. And that's when I taught myself just from doing research um, about coaching. And I thought that's what I enjoy doing more so than consulting. I think in the early part of, uh, of the show, you had mentioned something about, um, you know, consulting is doing the work and that, that is, exactly correct um i wasn't didn't really want to be just a contract controller or a contract cfo uh, i wanted to coach people at all levels and and if if you don't mind i just have a two or three quick examples of the difference between coaching and consulting sure go ahead um, a coach works on improving you the client where a consultant works directly on your business they come in and do a specific subject matter expert activity. You pay them a lot of money and they're gone. They're, they're not around. You did, probably didn't hang out with them. You didn't learn much. Uh, coaching develops clarity for long-term needs of the business, where a consultant provides expertise for the short-term needs. Put in this new ERP system. Document and, and improve my standard operating procedures. Short-term needs. Coaching develops vision and leadership skills. Consulting provides temporary gap-filling specialized support. And the last example here is with coaching, you learn to become more capable. And with consulting, you watch. You watch them do what they do. You remain dependent, and you call the consultant again and again and again. So when, it, when a coach leaves, you get to keep what you learned. When a consultant leaves, you probably weren't around to learn a whole bunch. And so, again, that's why you call them back. It's like when, I, when the air conditioning guy comes out, fixes the air conditioner, he leaves. It breaks again. You got to call him again. If, if we had HVAC coaches, Lee, we could do our own uh, air conditioning repair. <laughs> and then, and, and there's... The solution it might be different for different folks. I mean, some people have more time than money. Some people have more money than time. And uh, sometimes they want help and sometimes they want a helper. Like everybody has different needs at different times, but definitely a coach is something that's more holistic and more systemic where you're trying to fix kind of the broader macro of the company and not, a, you know, a specific, you know, fire that's burning right that second. That's right. That That's for the immediate in the short term and long term uh, it comes into play. If, if someone, a, a business owner, uh, could be a partnership. It doesn't have to be just a single person, but 
if someone wanted me to come in and coach them, that let's say they've got an engineering background, sales, marketing, or whatever, but really no end-to-end business understanding, if if I were to come in and do a complete end-to-end business coaching uh, program, it would consist of five modules and and some seventy-two different sessions. So it's about an eighteen-month uh, process. If they were to do all the modules and in all of the sessions, they may feel that they're good leaders. Okay, that's one of the five modules, and there's 13 or so sessions. So it can be um, designed specifically to what that client feels their needs are. Um, What we see a lot of times is somebody will say, well, I don't want all five modules. I need these three. But then they see that there's gaps in, uh, in what they understand. And they'll come back and say, let's do those other two modules. If it's an executive coaching situation, that might be where um, the, the HR folks think that, that Lee Cantor uh, is a great candidate to become the CEO someday. And they would hire uh, me as an executive coach. And I would make sure that you're ready when the time comes. I'm actually working on a succession plan like that with a client. Um, with the, the, the outgoing uh, leader of the company, of, of the uh, corporation, just between he and I said, hey, I'm going to retire maybe three, five years. How can I make sure my four top people are ready? And then I was able to do behavioral assessments and then design executive coaching to make sure all four of these people were ready, uh, you know, uh, prepared. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in three or four years, right? So we made sure that we've got these four people ready to step in uh, when the time comes. Now, in your work, uh, when you were making the transition from corporate to coaching, you decided to partner with Focal Point Coaching. Can you talk about how that decision came about? Because um, obviously you have the uh, knowledge about business from having a career for uh, so long in a variety of businesses doing a variety of things. Why was it important to you to partner with a focal point that has a methodology that has a structure? Was that kind of the key um, reason that you decided to work with focal point? That, that's exactly right, Lee. The uh, some of the things that I knew uh, I, I was not competent in, and and that was the whole uh, marketing and uh, sales side of the business. You know, I grew up uh, in, in the in the corporate world. Um, you know, first of all, us, us accountants, uh, you know, we're not known for being the, 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 the most social people on the planet. I have been received some uh, accolades from old friends saying, I can't believe that you're a CPA. I, we didn't even know you could count or read, you know, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I do try to have a little bit better, uh, a little higher level of personality than most of us, but we are pretty much. Uh, we're we're working in a in a trade in a field with with a lot of rules, uh, a lot of structure and such. And then as I moved more into the finance side, um, again we're still dealing with a lot of numbers. Now we're forecasting and budgeting and helping make business decisions. But I'm not a marketeer. I I, I don't know how to create brands. I don't know how to. Um, structure things that have been proven effective with with focal point you know we're we've got uh, uh brian tracy is kind of our um 
over overall mentor. He's uh, been a positive speaking, motivating kind of guy for since the nineties and the two thousands. He he's, he's pretty much our brand and he put together a lot of these effective uh, program sessions that I've been referring to. Um, and they're, they're laid out. Well, they're proven. Um, we've got some 200, uh, I want to say 230 coaches around the world. Some are new like me. Others have been doing it for 25 and 30 years. We've got a tremendous network to rely on. And if we don't know something for a client, we've got access to all of these different people. Um, it's, you know, they teach us how to make the Big Mac and they teach us how to get the fries crispy, golden brown. And, um, and therefore, you know, we are consistent in, in what we deliver. But at the same time, we can throw in our own flair based on what our experiences are. Now, um, can you talk a little bit about uh, when you're working with a client? What does that first conversation look like? What, you know, what are the, is there a typical kind of pain point that they're having? Is there some symptoms that a business owner right now that's listening could recognize and say, hey, you know what, that's happening to me. Maybe I should consider contacting a coach. Great question. I appreciate it. As a matter of fact, it is certainly we are listening for um, things that are causing pain and in Generally, it's along the lines of, hey, um, I, I started this business five years ago. I'd worked for the man for a long time, and I kind of wanted the freedom of, of uh, being my own boss. So they start this business. It's going well. They're, they're growing it and such, but my goodness, they're still working 50, 80 hours a week. And you know their, their families don't know them. They have to wear name tags every day when they come home just so that the kids know, know who dad is kind of thing. If, so if people are talking about, my goodness, uh, I'm just, I'm getting killed here. I'm doing everything. Um, I'm working too many hours. That's the key. Because I know as a father and a husband back in my corporate days, yeah, I would disappear. Um, uh, there was a time when I was working for a pharmaceutical company, get on a plane here in Memphis, Tennessee, fly to New York, and then come home on Fridays. And I did that for months at a time. Another company, I was literally traveling around the world and stuff. So I know what it's like to work these these hours and you lose connection with the family. It's bad. So if somebody, you know, feels that they're working too many hours, I can help them uh, through that. Uh, another thing would be they're growing like crazy and their cash flow still sucks. That a lot of businesses go out of business when they're growing, because if if we're selling a good, We've got to invest in the components. We got to invest in labor. We build it and then we sell it. So our cash cycle might be 90 days or even longer. A lot of people don't quite understand that when they go into it. And, you know, to be growing and then be upside down on cash flow, that's got to be pretty, uh, pretty scary if you don't really understand what's causing it and how to get out of that. Uh, another thing would be can't hire right, the right people. I can't keep people. Um, I'm tired of doing everything. Well, if you're doing everything, it's because you're choosing to do everything. You can get your people up to speed. Uh, think about it. The owner probably, you know, has these dreams and hopes to be making $200 an hour, right? But if he, she's down there receiving goods in the back door and shipping goods, you know, at the shipping dock, their $200 an hour is going to an activity that they could probably pay someone $20 to do. 
looking at business that way. Um, we, we've got tremendous amount of tools to make the point of saying you've got to change and you've got to let other people participate in this business that you're dealing with or you're going to die. Now, uh, now in your work, has there been a moment where you've had kind of a, a moment where you're like, you know what, this is exactly, this fits me perfectly. This was the right decision to go down this path. Have you hit made a change in a company where you've seen all the, your previous work and your new work kind of come together and um, say, yeah, this is what I should be doing now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I get a, I get a buzz off of the, wow, that, that seems so simple. Why didn't I see that? You know, it, it's a forest, a tree thing. You know, when you're, when you're putting out fires, it's really hard to start thinking about fire prevention. And, and it's, it's one of those things of you've got to get somebody, you know, to slow down, just stop right where you are, take the deep breath, that whole thing. And let's break this thing down. Let's clarify all of the activities that are going on. And if you, if you stop and looking stop and start looking at everything from a process standpoint, identify the root cause of all of the problems you're having, stop, fix it, go on down the process, fix it, improve it, automate it, train people, you know, invest the time to make the, the madness go away. And, and I've, I've got many experiences of where we take people out of the uh, a process and we automate it. Uh, financial systems used to be, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Now there are softwares out there um, for, they're still not free, but they can certainly standardize processes. One thing about computers and software, it shows up pretty much every day. It doesn't, you know, have four weeks vacation, doesn't get sick, doesn't have to wear a mask, you know, the whole thing. And automation is, is a great tool. And, and I've been able to help people automate things, saving, you know, headcount. Or, you know, being able to put someone in a in another role to where they can add more value, something that they enjoy more as well. Uh, so it really is stopping and, and, and looking at everything and then working your way through, again, the different modules to where we learn how to, uh, uh, you know, make more sales, uh, find more prospects and gets more leads and et cetera. It's all, it's pretty much a game of numbers. Um, even, even when they're not dollars. Now, do you have a specific niche that you serve or is it kind of industry agnostic? I, I really enjoy, um, manufacturing and distribution because I, I'm a simple thinking guy and, and I like to, you know, I like to draw on the board. I like to have a, a sample or a tool in my hands and manufacturing. Um, if, if you're curious about the cost, if, if you manufacture, I have a pen in my hand. If I'm manufacturing this pen and I'm trying to figure out why my costs are so high, everything is in my hand, right? I mean, I see it. It's right there in front of me. It's not, it's not a, a theoretical discussion on, on the way services are provided, right? I mean, it's, you can look at that and you can figure out where the labor is killing you on putting this pin together. You can go to your purchasing guys and figure out what supplier is 
is killing us on components of the finished good. Same thing with, with distribution. Very simple concept here, but you receive boxes, you put boxes away, and then later on someone says, I need those boxes, and you ship them. Well, you can stand there and look at that, Lee. You can figure out that, uh, you know, my my fastest uh, turning products are the furthest away from the shipping dock. Well, that doesn't make sense. That's time to go get it, time to bring it to the dock. All of these things from just visualization and, and some common sense can help a business uh, be more productive and and have its costs lowered. It It's really a simple thing if, if you know what you're doing. Anything simple if you've, you've experienced it, I guess. Now, before we wrap, do you have any piece of advice that you would like to share um, regarding kind of coaching or maybe some coaching that you've experienced in the past? Yeah, I, I do, and I appreciate that question. Um, it, it's okay to ask for help. It, it's okay for an expert in one field to seek advice and and, and be it uh, uh, tutelage, you know, be it coaching, training, whatever you want to call it, mentoring, just someone to talk to. It's okay for an expert to hire an expert. Uh, One thing that I totally enjoyed throughout my career working with companies that manufactured, for example, is I loved to talk to the engineers that were designing uh, things. I I worked for a company that, that uh, that manufactured automotive and industrial parts. And these were things that are in your car, or it could be anything that's in a medical device or even a a simple fan that just spins, right? But I love to deal with the engineers that were designing things that were smaller yet stronger. Uh, Miles per gallon is a big thing on the car. If you can make a, a powerful electric motor to raise and lower windows that never breaks, but it's light and small, you're going to do business because every all the manufacturers need that technology. I, I just enjoyed spending time with the quality people and the sales and marketing people throughout my career. I, I Six years into my career is when I realized I didn't want to just do accounting entries, reconciliations and reporting. I wanted to learn business. That's when I got the MBA and that's when I started working collectively and having relationships with the different functions. I became bilingual, trilingual, whatever you want to call it. I understood the end-to-end things made me a much better finance guy. And that's what I try to get the business owners or anybody that I'm uh, coaching with is to, is to understand the end-to-end and be able to think end-to-end. Well, Joel, thank you so much for sharing your story today. If somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what is the website? My website is just my name. It's J-O-E-L-P-H-I-L-H-O-U-R-S dot focalpointcoaching.com. That'll get you to my uh, to my website. Well, thank you again, Joel, for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you very much, Lee. I appreciate your time and the opportunity just to uh, just to chat it up a little bit. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Yeah.